wait a minute, why do I feel that way? And something happens physically inside my head. I feel full of cotton and like I can't really process and things start getting confusing around me. So when I get that physical feeling in my head, I know that emotionally I'm in the wrong place. And that's my trigger to start thinking about these four questions. Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if it's possible to save your marriage? Or even if you want to? Your story matters, and there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. I'm Johnny. I'm Emily. And friends, we've been where you are. Our marriage vows were shattered by adultery fueled by pornography. But through a commitment to recovery, our faith in God, and our hope for redemption, we set out on a journey of healing. Now our marriage is better than we ever could have imagined, and we give God all the glory. On our show, we'll talk through difficult topics, infidelity, porn addiction, recovery, and more. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us. Marriage is redeemed. Hearts renewed. On Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Yes, it's good to be with you again in this new year. Yes, it is now 2024. And we are really excited for what this new year is going to bring. And what do you think it's going to bring for us? Well, I think that it's going to bring a lot of growth, uh, both relationally and spiritually. I think so as well. This podcast is a true collaboration between you and I. We've done our own individual ministry works throughout the years. And this is really the first time that you and I have done a sincere and true collaboration where each of us brings something to the table that this couldn't happen if the other wasn't there. Right. And it's based on a story that wouldn't have happened if we both weren't there too, right? That's true. (laughs) That's very true. Yes. But it's wonderful to be doing something that's along the lines of ministry with you. It's taken a long time to get here, but finally. God has given us something we can do together. Absolutely. Emily, I did want to share that as I was looking at the calendar and the dates, yesterday marks five years to the date that I entered 12-step recovery. Oh, my goodness. Five years ago. Right. That would have been January 7th, 2019. Wow. That's amazing. And how long do you think you're going to continue to go to these recovery meetings? Honestly, I have no intention of stopping, probably because of one of my favorite sayings in recovery. When you're up, the meeting needs you. And when you're down, you need the meeting. Our lives are going to be full of ups and downs. And now I get to belong to a community of men who are purposefully trying to make themselves better. Some of them are starting from the very beginning with discovery but each day that they make a choice to come back to the recovery group, they're making a choice to be better somehow. Yes, that is wonderful. I'm really also very glad that you have that group to plug into. It's comforting to me that you have that group of men because I know that you're being fed and you also have an outlet for helping others too. Yes, I couldn't agree more. So Johnny, why are we doing these steps of recovery that you have learned about in your recovery group? I felt that it was something that we needed to, from this platform, instead of just focusing solely on sexual betrayal 
recovery from that, that a key component was my own recovery from addiction. And it's not that I want to say that everybody that listens to us has an addiction, but it can be so glossed over or not even considered at all. And how many of us, including myself, went for years without even considering the possibility that I was an addict? Like I've said on many other shows, I just thought I was a normal dude that needed sex a lot more than others. So it wasn't anything that you saw as a problem? No. Although I saw the uh, the outworking of destructive behaviors and I saw that there were things in my life that weren't good, I could feel the tension between what I was doing and my sense of morality. It wasn't matching up. And so the inconsistency was really creating a problem in my life. And didn't you feel some shame and guilt over these behaviors that you were engaging in? Yes, I did. And that's primarily why I was hiding it, right? We don't hide the things that we're not ashamed of. We tend to celebrate them and talk about them. And so when we hide them away and we say nothing about them, good chance there's going to be some shame and some guilt going on there. But as we bring these steps to this program, we're not intending for this to be a complete work on the 12 steps of recovery through Sex Addicts Anonymous. It's not our intention at all. The biggest intention for this is to bring it to light so that those that are listening can understand that it exists. It is helpful. And in some cases, if you discover that you're an addict, that it's necessary. And the other part of it is that we're really just going through it with our experience. It's really just an overview of the program, right? Yes, it is. Uh, it's very high level. We don't really get too deep in it. We explain what recovery through 12-step is and what it is not. But most importantly, we are intentionally leaving a lot of stuff out. And why is that? Because it's imperative that you go to a group and that you participate. If anybody out there was using this podcast and what we talk about as their method of recovery, even if we were really good, really thorough, and really detailed, they would still be missing the key component, which is connection. Right. We've said many times before in other episodes that the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. It's connection. Mm-hmm. And through those connections, we find sobriety and find out that we're not alone. Right. That's such a comforting feeling. I know that it's really important for me, too, as a betrayed wife, to find connection with other women who have gone through similar circumstances and to have good, trusted friends to be able to talk with and stay connected to. But you know what? Before we get any further into our topic for today, we do want to share this five-star review with you. And this one is from BY Family 94. And this person titled their review, Someone is Finally Talking About This. This is such a hush hush topic in today's Christian society. So thank you for speaking on this and giving us biblical encouragement and insight for what to do. Thank you so much for that review. It also reminds me that that's another reason why we wanted to bring the 12 steps to this program, there are so many misunderstandings in the Christian community about traditional 12-step. Yes, I had a difficult time with it at first. Yes, primarily centered around the phrase, God of our understanding, or the term higher power. Right. 
that was a real put-off for me at the beginning. It was a put-off for me as well. In fact, I confessed on an earlier episode that I, I kind of mocked 12-step based on that from my Christian view. Right. And I couldn't have been more wrong. Mm. And so I will say it officially here, I owe the entire 12-step community an apology. And I repent officially from my mocking attitude. The 12-step community has shown me nothing but love and acceptance. And as I've been shown that love and acceptance, I was able to follow the steps and engage in my higher power, the God of my understanding, who happens to be Jesus Christ and God the Father, who works through me through the person of the Holy Spirit. Amen. And I couldn't ask for more. So men, are you spending a lot of time looking at pornography? perhaps even hours each day for your own sexual satisfaction, only to find that it isn't as satisfying as you thought. Are you going back for more? Are you involved in a relationship, be it emotional or physical, with someone who is not your wife? Are you feeling out of control and don't know how to stop? I was addicted to pornography from the time that I was eight years old, using the images to masturbate in order to manage my emotions in difficult times. When that wasn't enough, I turned to fantasy and ultimately to sexual relationships outside my marriage. Eventually, I was discovered during my last adulterous relationship and my life and my marriage came crashing down. The devastation that my destructive behaviors and choices caused brought betrayal and brokenness to my wife and my family. I came to believe that I was a sex addict and I needed help to set my life and marriage right again. I found a recovery program and gained freedom from my addictive sexual behaviors once and for all. I want you to know that you don't have to go back to pornography or any other destructive sexual behaviors to find emotional manageability and self-satisfaction. I have been pornography-free for five years now. My marriage has been restored, and my life is better than it has ever been before. So come right now to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com and see if my coaching program is the help that you've been looking for. That's coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com. You are not alone, and there is hope. And wives, if pornography, infidelity, and possibly sex addiction has invaded your marriage and you need help navigating this new unwelcome reality, I can walk you through a process to give you a better understanding of what your husband needs from you as he works through addiction recovery. Or if you're in the situation where your husband is not willing to commit to recovery, I can also help you find ways to move forward with your own healing as you wait on the Lord. So contact me at coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com and we can get started. Johnny, because of the holidays, it's been a few weeks since we covered the last step of sex addiction recovery, which was step five. So today you're going to catch us up to where we are on step six by giving a brief recap of steps one through three and four and five, right? That's right, because it has been a while since we visited it. Here we go. Step one is admitting that we're powerless, meaning that our addiction and our use of pornography or our extramarital relationships, they're out of control and we have no power over them and we can't stop on our own. Step two is realizing that there is a power out there that's greater than ourselves that can bring sanity back to our lives. Step three is surrendering our will and our life to that power. And I will say at this point, for the benefit of the Christian community, 
if for the very first time you could acknowledge that there's a power greater than yourself, you're on the right track, and I believe that God, through Jesus Christ, can work with that. Sanctification is all about unraveling the process of becoming more Christ-like over time, and we all have to have a place to start. So to round out steps one through three, it's all about identifying the problem and surrendering that to God so we can be ready for what's coming. And what's coming next is steps four and five. Four and five are the ones where we really start to dig in and uncover exactly what it is that we did wrong. Step four, we made a fearless and searching moral inventory by looking at our character defects. And in step five, we made a list of all of our behaviors through our life as far back as we can remember tied to our addiction where we hurt ourselves or somebody else in light of what we come to understand about our character defects in step number four. So now that we've done these two lists, we're ready to move forward into step six. Okay, wonderful. The Green Book of Recovery, with regard to step six, says this, wanting our lives to change is not the same thing as being actually ready for change. The negative patterns uncovered in our inventory represents a lifetime of ingrained beliefs, attitudes, and habits of behavior. Just becoming aware of them can be painful. Imagining life without them may seem impossible. Much of our resistance to change is based on fear. We may find it easier to continue in an unhappy yet familiar way of life than to face an unknown and uncertain future. For many of us, our problems and shortcomings seem to define us as people. What would we be without them? Often, we find that our character defects started as a way to deal with difficult circumstances in childhood or later. It's hard to let go of beliefs and behaviors that once helped us cope. If we are fearful, we can gently and courageously allow ourselves to consider the possibility of surrendering our familiar defects, trusting that our higher power will not give us more than we can handle. Character defects are undesirable traits, attitudes, and beliefs that make our lives unmanageable, cause pain to others, and block our spiritual growth. Our problems did not begin with our sex addiction, nor do they end when we get into recovery. Step six builds on the recognition that our malady has roots that run deeper than just our acting out behavior. It requires the willingness to change fundamentally, to be free of the failings that continue to create serious problems in our lives. Well, that's a lot. That is also very encouraging for me as a betrayed wife to understand that those acting out behaviors weren't the be-all, end-all. That wasn't really the problem, as painful as that was. Right. There is something deeper going on that can be fixed. That's right. And this is the point in the recovery program where true change has the possibility to take place. Now we're going to go to the author of change, the only one who can make real change in us as we are willing. So let's go to prayer. Father, thank you so much for this day for this time we can spend talking through this sixth step. Father, what we talk about today, we give it to you so that we can find freedom and healing for ourselves. As we move forward, 
with the things that we know about ourselves through the lists we have made. We now learn how to give them all to you. Thank you that you are faithful and that you love us and care for us enough to take everything that's bad about us, everything that we hate about ourselves, and everything that we've done to hurt others, and you forgive us. And you give us your grace and mercy. And for that, we are so grateful. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for praying for us, Johnny. So what is step six of the Sex Addicts Anonymous Recovery Program? And why is this step an important step to take? Step six of recovery states, we're entirely ready to have God remove these defects of character. And what makes this step so important is the becoming ready. As we start to roll out this step, I want to say that these defects of character are the ones that we outlined in our step four. We went through and made our list of character defects, hopefully with the help of another person who's been through this before. And we got down to maybe the top 10 Mm -hmm. that are really pertinent to us that we can say definitively we hurt ourselves and others through these 10 defects. 10 is not a magic number. Honestly, I just picked it. You may have less or you may have more. But then we match them up to step five, which is the exact nature of our wrongs. It's important to make these two lists, the character defects in step four, and in step five, the list of our behaviors. Now we've got a clear picture of what it is that we have done and how we got to where we are. And looking at these lists, I imagine, sobers you up into thinking about wanting to change your life, wanting to change those behaviors. Yes, because as you take a look at all that you've written down, you can really find a place where I can't believe that's who I am now. How did I get here? And these steps help you to understand how you got here. But here's the hope. In step six, we turn the corner. Okay, how so? Step six, as stated earlier, is that we became ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And as I think about it, There is a particular story in the Gospel of John that we're going to center this idea on. And Emily, would you read that for us? Yes. It's John 5, verses 2 through 6. It says, Now there is in Jerusalem, near the Sheep Gate, a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Here a number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? What an important question. So Emily, you just read that out of the NIV. Mm -hmm. And that very last question that Jesus asks the paralytic, as it reads in the New King James Version says, do you want to be made well? Okay, that's a good distinction. That whole passage through the NIV, I really like the way it reads, but in the New King James, when it says, do you want to be made well? Such a great question. It's saying, do you want to let somebody else come in and make you better? Mm. (laughs) Right. And this is the very rock on which step six stands. You come to acknowledge that there's a power greater than yourself and that you don't have control of all this. You have an understanding of it now. 
But this is the point where you become ready to ask God to remove these defects of character. So let me just make sure I'm clarifying this in my own mind. You're getting ready to ask God to take them away. This step is not actually asking God to take them away. Is that right? That's right. The important thing to remember about step six is that we're becoming ready to. And that when we're ready, that means that we have the capacity to open up and let God do what he wants to do in us. We're surrendering, just like we did in step three, when we turned our will and our life over to the care of God. Now with steps four and five behind us, step six says, I have a better understanding of who I am now and how I got here. I'm ready to move forward from this into a better life. Mm, Great. So there are four really good questions when it comes to our character defects and our behaviors that if you're serious about getting ready to have God remove these defects of character, these four questions you need to ask yourself. The first question is, does this behavior serve me well? The second question is, has this behavior ever really served me well? The third one, do I believe that these behaviors will serve me well in the future? And then the fourth one is, then why am I holding on to these behaviors? (laughs) Very good question. Right. So I want to go back and I want to hit the second question, has this behavior ever really served me well? That's about things in the past. And as we read in the Green Book passage, some of these behaviors helped us cope during difficult times from childhood or even later on in years. So you might be tempted to answer, yes, it did serve me well. And it's possible that in those moments it did. But as we carried them forward, did they really serve us well? Or did they just get us out of that situation? And now that we have them as a part of our lives, they're wreaking havoc everywhere else. I can think of a case in point with myself In my early teen years, after the chaos of my childhood and the anger and the rupturing rage fits, as I saw that I was no longer really acceptable to other people, meaning that my friends and my family didn't even want to be around me, remembering that acceptance, attention, and affirmation are those things that I needed the most. And so I created a gregarious personality, an outgoing personality that became the life of the party everywhere I went. And it served me well at that time to sort of put a boundary between the world around me and the chaos inside of me. People couldn't see any longer how much I hurt. As where before I adopted this personality, everybody could see where I hurt because of the way I acted out. It wasn't secret at all. And people were starting to be repulsed by it. And I can understand why. It's difficult to be around that kind of enraged, acting out, childish, fitful behavior. So as I did that, it got me through that time. But I carried that gregarious personality into my adult years and really through my life until five years ago when I realized through recovery that that personality was covering up my pain covering up pain that I never would let anybody come in and see, and now it's time to let them in. It's also time to let me in, to see my own inner behaviors so that I can start to figure out who I really am, letting me come out, the real me. 
And so that's a good example, as far as I can see, how a behavior served me well at that time, but didn't really serve me well ultimately. All it did was cover up for a real problem. I think we all do that to a certain degree. I think so, but it doesn't turn every one of us into addicts, and I think it's important to say that. It's still a problem, though, that we need to release to the Lord when we do figure it out. We can all act in childish ways at times. (laughs) Right, and we all display defects of character Mm -hmm. from time to time. That's a normal human experience. Yes. It's just through circumstances, we as addicts took these on to cope with behaviors that ended up working its way out through sexually addictive behaviors. Yeah, he took it to an extreme. Absolutely. As I was working out my character defects and becoming ready to give them to God, I remember starting to work over these four questions in my mind. And I remember particularly the first time I really worked these four questions all at the same time was when I was in traffic one day on my way into work. And this fella had the audacity to try to do an end around on the shoulder to try to get way ahead of traffic so that he could get to where he was going so much faster than the rest of us. You know, the audacity of a guy to think that he was that important, (laughs) that his day was so much more important than ours, that he had to be there before the rest of us. I was enraged by that. And I caught myself feeling that. And I was like, wow, The only reason why I'm angry is because I want to do what this person is doing so that I can get out of traffic, but I'm making the choice to sit and do what I feel to be the right thing. Except you used to do those kinds of things because you did feel like you were more important than other people. (laughs) Yes, I did do those things. So as I'm sitting here contemplating, I started asking those questions. Johnny, does the way that you feel right now, is this doing you any good? Is it serving you well? Well, the answer was no. This person that I felt anger toward has no clue that I feel this way. So I'm alone in my truck feeling anger all by myself toward a person who has no clue what's going on. I'm like, no, this isn't serving me well right now. So the next question again was, has this behavior ever really served you well, Johnny? No, I really can't think of a time when this turned out well. <laughs> no. Okay, so then the third question, Johnny, do you believe that this behavior will ever do you any good in the future? No, I really can't think of a scenario where being angry with another person in traffic because of what they chose to do is ever going to go well for me in the future. So then the last question is, then why are you holding on to this? By taking the opportunity to allow these four questions to live in my life on a daily basis, I really get the chance to analyze all of my character defects when they pop up. And it's not just traffic. I can be just about anywhere. It can be the 15 items in the 10 item checker where I can feel entitled because this person is just, you owe me something, you know, that sense of entitlement, you know, that stuff pops up. It's like, wait a minute. Why do I feel that way? And something happens physically inside my head. I feel full of cotton and like I can't really process and things start getting confusing around me. So when I get that physical feeling in my head, I know that emotionally I'm in the wrong place. And that's my trigger to start thinking about these four questions. 
That's awesome. That's something you cultivated through recovery, wasn't it? It was. It, it took some time. It didn't come automatically. It took practice and the willingness to ask myself those questions. I'm not acting as an addict in everyday life anymore. My addictive behaviors are behind me. But now I'm having a normal human experience that's still full of character defects. But I get the opportunity through the 12 steps to look at them and work them out. So as we become ready, Emily, to ask God to remove these defects of character, you know I always like to attach a word from God to that. So here's our word for the day. Emily, what do you have for us? Well, that comes from Psalm 119, verses 173 through 174. And it reads, May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, Lord. Amen. And here's the hope. When we get ourselves ready to be done with these character defects once and for all, God is there ready and waiting to deliver us. I love his faithfulness. It's such a comfort. Amen. So let me go ahead and pray for us. Dear Heavenly Father, we are so grateful to you that you give us the opportunity to figure things out about ourselves that aren't measuring up. You saved us from our sins without us having to get cleaned up. We just had to accept that gift. But Father, now that we have, you don't want us to stay where we are. You want us to move forward into Christ-likeness. So every day, we have the opportunity to really look at our character defects that we have just because we're human and to uncover the reasons for them, the fears behind them, and then get ready to give them to you and then ultimately lay them at your feet. Father, we thank you for being so faithful to us to take our sin, to wash us clean, to set our foot on the right path, and to walk with us daily. We are so grateful. I ask for all of those who are listening, they would take the opportunity each day to look inside themselves and have you search them out for the character defects that they still may be holding on to and help them work through it, Father. We pray all this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Emily. Today in our show notes, we have a link to a questionnaire that will help you to determine for yourself whether you might be a sex addict or not. It's a good questionnaire to do. Take the time, hit the link, and go through the questions. And if you get to the place where you say, yes, I might be, there's a little thing at the bottom there that tells you that you should probably consider talking to somebody about it, but they're going to provide a link for you to start getting connected, whether it be Sex Addicts Anonymous, which is, of course, where this link takes you. But there are other programs out there that can help you along with this. I will not say that Sex Addicts Anonymous is the exclusive program. It's the one that I've chosen, and Emily and I have walked through it, and this is the one we're sharing today. So I will say, though, if you are currently in Sex Addicts Anonymous, keep in contact with your sponsor. If you're not currently engaged in a recovery program at all and you need some help moving forward, book a coaching call with me at coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com and I can help you get started. And one last thought from the Green Book of Recovery. As we let go of old ways of approaching life and trust that God will reveal new ways, many of us begin to have a greater vision of what life and recovery could be. So until next time, marriage is redeemed, hearts renewed, 
on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who is going through a similar situation and needs to know that they're not alone. One of the best ways that you can help us reach more people is to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear from you with questions and comments. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. As you walk out this journey one day at a time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.